All right, guys, welcome back to the Bottom of the Ninth Podcast. I am your host, Elijah Rodriguez, here today with Ralph Garza. He's an Edinburgh native, but he also grew up and played at New Braunfels High School here, right up the road from where our studio is. How you doing, Ralph? What's going on, man? Doing good, man. How you been? Oh, I'm grinding, man. We're grinding. We got we've had an episode every day this week, man. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a wild one, but it's this is a blast. I love doing this. It's so fun. Heck yeah, man, putting in work. Yeah, man. We and I know you said you were you're out throwing some bullpens. How how'd those go, man? I know where where'd you travel to to throw those? Are those in Texas or are you outside yeah. Texas or No, I'm here. Uh my dad lives in San Antonio and okay. so I, I stay close to him now he's getting a little bit older. Okay. So my best to at least. And uh so I'll be throwing here in town at the local high schools. Uh there's some kids here. There's also some guys. Uh they actually live in shirts, more and more guys live in them. So I'll run into some guys over there too. Okay. That's cool though. That's pretty tight though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I know last year, last year with the Rays, right? Mm-hmm, correct. Well, yeah. So you have you hopped around quite a bit. I know you were at the Rays and you were with the Twins. And you started off with the Strohs, though, right? You got drafted by the Astros. I did. I was. Uh, I got drafted uh, 15. Uh, worked my way and then um, made it debut with the Strohs. Went to the Twins and then Red Sox for like a week, maybe, and then uh, the Rays. So <laughs> awesome, man! You you you've experienced it. You've been around, man. Yeah, man. Got to see all kinds of different organizations, different thought processes. I bet. So, I bet. So so let's start from the beginning, man. So you, you were born in Edinburgh, right? I was. I was. Born, born there. Did, there. Did, yeah, did you spend a lot of time there? Did Because I know, I remember here, dude, you were a big deal in San Antonio. Like everyone heard Ralph Garza. You were a stud, dude. Like everyone knew about you here. I mean, right. but San Antonio is a small town, so like we don't have like the most like immense, we're not a Dallas or a Houston, so. But I mean, you were a stud. Everyone was talking about you, man. That was That was a thing back in the day, so. So kind of take us through that. Were you on varsity all four years of high school or how did that go? Uh, I don't think I was on varsity. I think I made my freshman year. They put me up at the end uh, just okay. to try it. Uh, just kind of like get my feet wet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I remember as soon as I got there, man, I was I was ready. Because I was always trying to just be better than my brother, honestly. Because I was <laughs> yeah. who I tried to be better than, honestly. But um, growing up, seeing the bigger kids and stuff, that's pretty much – what I tried to do and get to varsity my freshman year. Yeah, yeah. And so, so were you were you a pitcher your whole career? Was were you an infielder or did you play outfield? What was your what was your your position? Because we all know you're a pitcher uh, now, but yeah. Uh I started I think I want to say third base and then moved okay. to short for a little bit in high school. Uh I did that. Um in uh select ball and stuff in high school. They moved me around to first just because I was more of like I would hit hard or hit for hit home runs every now and then. But uh it was mainly shortstop just trying to be agile but pitching was i had coaches that were telling me that were older like you'll be a pitcher when you get older and i was like all right well until then i'm gonna be at short so fair enough yeah i mean you you got a strong arm so so mm-hmm. you're were you getting so were you highly recruited at a high school because i know you went to ou you played there um yep. and and when so i know like you went as a pitcher there as well so when did it like start to hit like hey this is good i'm gonna like this is this is like p- pitching is my deal like were you throwing 90s your junior and senior year or was that like when the when like recruiting the recruiting process really started for you uh man i could say i think i threw i think i hit 90 my first time my sophomore year maybe okay um in high school but um once i got it wasn't really like that until college they told me to do the two-way thing just to get you there Mm -hmm. um but as soon as i got there they're like your your arm is strong uh let's roll with it and as a freshman i wanted to make an impact right away so they're like if you want to do that go on the mound and that's what i did and never looked back from there Makes sense, right? I mean, yeah, why not, right? So yeah. in, in high school, did um did, were you highly recruited? Did you get a lot of offers? Was OU kind of just one of them that just felt like it stuck, or how'd that go? 
Uh, yeah, I got a good amount of offers. I would, um, if you, I say like maybe two or three that I remember off the top of my head, but I remember, um, OU offered me was my first school, uh, Tim Tadlock, uh, actually he recruited me and gave me the first phone call and stuff. And I called my pops and he's like, Hey, if you feel like it's comfortable, it's a good spot. I'm like, yeah, man. So we took it and ran. So it was, it wasn't too highly recruited, but once I had the offer, man, I didn't look back. You didn't look back, yeah. I mean, OU, dude, OU's a powerhouse. Like, OU's a solid school. I, I knew a buddy of mine that played there as well. He, he ended up – I'm a JUCO guy, so we went around, and I knew a lot of guys that kind of float, like fluctuated around and did a bunch of different things. But OU's a – it's a solid yeah, school, man. man. Very, very. I, I loved it there. And even, like, I go back – I haven't been back there in forever, but every time I go back, it's oh it's so enjoyable. It's a blast over there, yeah. It's a still – and that's not still water. That's OSU. You're Norman, right? Norman's where – yeah. Norman, yeah. yeah, I get the two mixed up. <laughs> yeah, man. But, yeah, Norman. Yeah, Norman's the one. Yeah. So how did? So how was your? So the transition from playing. I know, like Texas ball's a little different. I mean, especially going from playing New Braunfels. I mean, who, did y'all play around? Who's in y'all's district or over there? Uh, for New Braunfels High School. Yeah. Uh, at the time it was uh steel. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Clemens. Uh, maybe uh, I want to say Lee was in there. I remember from my senior year. But uh, I'd say there was a lot of San Antonio teams that we didn't play that were in our district that I remember. Uh, Churchill, I remember always beating us, man. <laughs> yeah, Churchill, yeah, they're they're good. They were good, yeah. man. They still are, I'm sure. But, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. I oh, can't yeah. really so, remember our district too much. Yeah, but so my the point being, I brought that up was because like, was there a huge difference? Like, I didn't play and. and OU's in the Big Ten, yeah. That's a pretty big con- like they're they're a big conference. I mean, they're they're pretty yeah. solid. It's a big jump. Was there a big jump? And this is something that I like to touch on just to give kids an idea of how mm-hmm. big the game really is. You know, you go from playing high school ball and like you're the guy. Was there a big jump, you think, from playing at that level of high school and then hopping straight into a, a, a major com- a major conference like that and playing? Is the talent level big big? Did you see a big difference there? Um honestly, at first, no. Uh, only because I didn't really try to look around and see what was what what was going on. I tried to really focus on what I was doing at the time. Right. But then slowly, as guys started progressing and started reaching their peaks, like the John Grays, the Dios, Matt <laughs> Oversteez, all those guys, you're like, these guys, that's where you want to get to the next step. And then they go from there, you know? So there was uh, a little bit, but only if you if you thought about it too much, then you would see a bigger one. But really, it wasn't too much, but it was – it was enough to make you hungry again. Yeah, yeah. I feel that's, I mean, that's, that's what it is. That's one of those things, man. It's like, cause when I went to go play Juco ball my first year, cause I went to Incarnate mm-hmm. my first year, then I left. Like playing at Central Catholic, we're a much smaller school than New Braunfels. So seeing like the, right. the talent difference was just like immense. It was just like the biggest change. And I was like, this is like yeah. almost like eye opener shocker. You see, like, you know, like when you're playing here, it's like, Dudes are throwing like 80, 85, 86. You see it, like the occasional 90, and then you go up to like San Jack and you got, they got dudes throwing 100, and you're just like, what, what right. just happened? <laughs> yeah, it's man. insane, man. So I remember uh, it was funny. So I remember seeing that, and I was lucky uh, during high school because my dad, uh, he would have me go places like Florida and Georgia and stuff. And I remember we having a conversation, and he told me, you can either be comfortable with being the best on your team or in New Braunfels, or we'll just worry about being the best in general. Not really yeah. even your uh, really kind of narrowing it down to one small team or vicinity. Just try to be the best in general. So yeah, you know, trying to being able to travel and see the talent and seeing guys that are just ninety seven to one hundred, like you said, man, it's different. <laughs> but you will get accustomed to it. But it's really just trying to be the best that you can be and not limit yourself. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you don't want to get wrapped up in all that stuff because I mean, if you're, that's one of those things, man. If you get too and you get too involved and you get too like into what everyone else, like what you said earlier, too into what everyone else is doing, it can really <clears throat> mess you up a little bit and take away from like your personal development. So, no, that's good. Your pops right. did that, man. He he did it right. He did it a good way. I have yeah, to, what 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 select team did you play with growing up? Um, I was a couple. I kind of bounced around here and there. There was a uh, teams out of Austin. Uh, there was a team out of Bernie, uh, but towards the end, towards the before college, was the Houston Banditos. Gotcha. Okay. And that team, man, that team was, man, they had scholarship for days. <laughs> Dude, everyone, team, everyone knows the Banditos, man. The Banditos yeah. have been stacked for a long time. Man, they are, man. They, yeah, they're, they're good. <laughs> so, so you went to OU, you played, did you make an, did you play immediately out the gate your freshman year where you used a lot that first year? Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, yeah. Um, kind of in college is the short you get a mm-hmm. short sample size like they say so i had the hot hand and luckily it just kept riding me and my body was holding up and it, i developed that way really just by playing more and more yeah. but freshman year i i didn't think it was gonna go that way but i was definitely thrown into the fire you know <laughs> that's that's awesome though man i mean that's the thing yeah. like and obviously it worked out for you like coming out of high school you were you were throwing hard you had you had the ability to make an immediate impact on a team of that stature that's mm-hmm. something that I, I always talk to. I talk to guys a lot that make like we've had guys that that go and make play the play in the big leagues that made that first mistake going D one and maybe they weren't exactly ready yet, and they mm-hmm. go end up having to move around and change because like there's only one way you're going to get better and it's not riding the bench. It's like finding that right fit. And luckily, like you found the right fit at OU. They had a spot for you. They're ready for you, and you you kind of filled that spot perfectly. But there's mm-hmm. dudes that'll do that, man. That'll go to places and like that only way to really develop is by playing. So yeah. I think that probably helped you out quite a bit when you were going through and you went right into it. Heck yeah, man. That was one thing. It was, uh, I mean, in high school, we were trying to get recruited and stuff. I remember the pressure of it, like D1, D1, D1. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you now, man, especially in pro ball, you see so many guys that you, like you said, Juco grinders or guys that were in Juco, man. You're just like, man, how did you not go D1 kind of thing? You know? <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. just because you didn't go D1. It's just as long as like you said, it's the right fit and gets you developed the right way, man. It's it works out. It works out. Yeah, man. So you were at OU for three years, right? Or two years? Three. Three. Three years. Okay. You had well, you yeah. had to be there for three years. Yeah. I didn't know if those rules yeah. changed. So was yeah. it kind of the same? Were you a starter or were you a reliever your your tenure at OU? Uh I was a reliever for the most part. There was uh okay. there was some stints uh the last two years that they tried to they mixed me like starter reliever kind of thing. Um, but after a while I just all right, just leave him reliever. it's kind of one of those things though it fits you know it's like it it fit Mm -hmm. you know that's that's where you really saw success so why like why switch it up i know there's guys that get caught up in the starter or the reliever they want to be the the, you know like the guy and they want to go in there and and finish games or start games and get the whole the whole shebang or whatever you want to call it but i mean i think like relieving dude is not a bad gig man i I enjoyed it more than i did starting honestly it was it was a little bit more calming and it felt it felt better to kind of get in there and you can kind of ride innings or piggyback on guys so yeah i don't know Absolutely, man. And it, it, what started for me, why I liked relieving, was every now and then I would come in after my brother growing up. And okay. if the team hit him, man, I would come in so mad and just want to strike everybody out. Or if he did really good, <laughs> I'd want to do better. So it was always, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, there you go. They cut up. That's, that's kind of funny, though, because my, my brother is four years younger than me, but I didn't get to play with him. It was mm-hmm. funny. He went to, so he went to St. Mary's and I went to, I finished my career at St. Mary's here in San Antonio. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. I went my last year before because i need tommy john i still need tommy john i haven't got it yet i just refused to get the surgery you're crazy man what yeah, do you mean? that's yeah that's I just, like, man, i'm just one of those guys man like at this point so i was like when i, I popped it going into my red shirt senior year right so i was like okay or mm-hmm. red shirt junior year yeah junior year and okay. i was like okay 
it happened over the summer. I went in, I rehabbed, I rehabbed, and we tried pretty much everything possible before like they cut you. Like we tried the, they wanted to give me some shots or something. I don't know, some weird shots. That was the only thing I didn't go for. I was like, I'm not doing that crap. So when my right, brother came yeah. in, he got recruited. He came in. I was going to play, but at that point I told, told Coach Amigo, I was like, yeah, man, like I'm not going to sit an extra year to come back and play, especially like no offense to St. Mary's, just it's D2. Like I'm not going to go get drafted or anything. That's not the, it's not going to happen. I'm that. just going to finish and, and get going and start working or whatever. So I didn't get to play with my brother. Mm-hmm. He was there though. He was there that first year with me, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't, man, that would didn't be, make it to the spring, but he ended cool. up playing all the way through. But yeah, so yeah. fortunate, man. You got to play with your brother. That's, that's sick though. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I can't tell you just from, I don't know, maybe we were like nine, 9 to 12 years old. I remember just going from block one end of the block to the other and just long tossing with him on the street. And That's awesome, dude. Our dad, our dad still doesn't know. It's kind of funny. Uh, we actually hit his truck, and it's, the dent's still there. He just hasn't never seen it, and it happened. In like <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Well, it's over we, now. Now you, de- now you added hey. it now. Right? I know. Hopefully he doesn't see this. <laughs> um, so... So you end up playing your three years at OU. When when was it that the draft started kind of coming into picture? I was like, okay, I might this might actually become a thing where there's scouts talking to you. How did how did that whole thing kind of develop? Um, I never really like scouts. The letters and stuff, the the questionnaires came in high school, um, but that was never really a real thing until college. Um, as much as I wanted it to be a real thing in high school, mm-hmm. college did was. You, did you not get drafted out of high school? No, 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 no. Oh. Um, that was that was kind of the thing that kind of threw me off. I thought I was, and oh. you know, hindsight, it worked out for the best because I love yeah, yeah. love the path and everything. But um, it never really happened until college, and then even in college, um, I got drafted what the twenty sixth, twenty seventh round, maybe. Yeah, and uh, it was never really a real thing until the phone rang, okay. and uh, that's when it kind of like became a real thing because I it was at a certain point I was like, ah, if it happens, I go back. If not, you know. Either way. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But college so they, was when did, it started. Did they kind of like, I know you went to 26 at that point. How did that, was that one of those things where you just, they just call you and say, Hey, we just took you or like, did, were anybody, was anybody telling you like you'd go earlier? Cause I've heard like, I don't want to say horror stories <laughs> yeah, about right? the draft. Cause I've had, I've had buddies of mine say like, dudes are going to be like, I know like a buddy of mine, Carson, we're actually going to have him back on tonight. Cause we're going to talk to all my junior college guys. We're going to have like kind of a, a podcast right. about Juco days and just how wild junior college is. But uh, he I was telling me, one. yeah, it was, it's nuts, dude. It's crazy. But he was telling <laughs> me like, he was told, cause he ended up, and he's a six, five dude throws like 98. He throws gas. He's this big, massive dude. And he was yeah. like, he ended up going to Lamar. We played Juco together. He went to Lamar and they were telling him he was going to go in like the fifth. And then it was like the six. And then it just kept, kept trickling down. So I like mm-hmm. to hear these stories because I'm like, man, people people kind of over romanticize the draft sometimes and how it, they kind of get away from the business aspect of what it really is. I mean, that's really what it is. It comes down to dollar amounts and money and all that stuff rather than making someone's dream come true, which is like kind of it's kind of shitty in, in a sense. But like that's how it that's yeah. really how it goes, man. It's it's cutthroat mm-hmm. out there. So did they tell you anything like that? Was it going to be like, oh, you're going to go here and then you end up going in that round? Or was it kind of just like if it happens, it happens? not super um, into that whole thing or how to go. Yeah. I wanted to be into it. Um, but just seeing how my teammates and everything, how the, they were talking and what they were hearing, yeah, they were hearing more like how they were getting projected. And then when it came to me, I never really heard, um, mm-hmm. I had a couple coaches tell me like, yeah, some scouts said 10 to 15 rounds. Um, but when you hear that and it doesn't sound like they're optimistic, you're like, I don't know if yeah, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, man, there was a certain point where I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to, if this is my last time, you know, being able to play baseball, I'm going to go all out. And I never really worried about it. Um, but like I said, scouts, the guy that called me, he's like, Hey, we're about to take you in this round. Are you good with it? And it was like, I had three seconds to say yes or no. And I was like, yeah, take <laughs> wow. me, you know, we'll make it yeah. work. Yeah. And it was Jim Stevenson, man, changed my life. I remember I was on the road and he called me and I, I was driving about to call my pops and my phone rang. I was like, I better answer this. So it <laughs> was, was one of those yeah. random numbers. Oh yeah, man. Exactly. I was like, it looks like a Houston number. I should call this, you know? So, <laughs> so how, how did that, so take us through that. How did that feel? I know it, it was a little bit in the later rounds, but the, just the, the, the feeling of getting to play, like you're going to get to play professional baseball, I'm sure was insane mm-hmm. at any level. Yeah. So how did that feel? Did you call your dad after you celebrate with your family? How, how did that go? I'm sure that was, and that's probably a special moment that'll sit with you for a really long time. I'm sure. Very, man. I can't tell you, I probably called my dad 20 times in the span of 10 minutes, <laughs> honestly, man, because I just kept calling him like, hey, I got drafted. And he's like, all right. And he, we didn't get to do the whole hear the name on the, the Yeah, I mean, yeah, it doesn't happen that way. Right. Yeah. So like you said, it's not romantic, romantic like everyone thinks. But uh, called my dad a bunch, uh, just talked about it. And he's like, he's like, it's life changing. And uh, but every time uh, we talked, I remember telling him because our a pitching coach of mine, Jack Geese, told me, he's like, it doesn't matter if you're the last guy or the first guy, just get your foot in the door. Yeah. Once you get your foot in the door, just barge right in. And I was like, I took <laughs> that go, ran, man. man. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I'm sure you took you took a second to take that moment in, I'm sure. And then obviously it's a pretty quick turn, right? They got you going flying wherever you are going to, to short season, right? Yeah. So as soon as I want to say it was when two or three days, they flew me to Florida uh, I did the physical and everything, signed the mm-hmm. contract. Uh, I think I signed the contract before, but did the physical and then flew to short season. And immediately next day we had practice and games. And so, how was that? Was that kind of like a culture shock? Was it was it different than what you'd been doing at OU? Was it, were there nerves? How were you, how were you feeling throughout that process? Um, I really wasn't nervy, man. I was more excited just because I didn't think it was going to happen. You yeah. Know? And then when it happened, I was like, all right, man, I'm here. Like, let's, let's see what it's yeah. about. And, uh, the hardest thing for me, I remember, uh, his name was Chris Holt is a pitching coach now with the Orioles. He told me the first day I saw him, like, Hey coach, he's like, don't call me coach. And that was like <laughs> probably the biggest culture shock for me at the time. I was like, all right, I gotta stop calling people coach, you know? Really? You can't, they don't like to be called coach. Yeah, no, no. Either call them their first name or you just don't call them by their name. Like at all. Don't, yeah, whatever see, that's, you do. That's weird. Right. See, I, that's, I, that's the first I've heard of that. I guess, but like at the same sense, right? Y'all are like kind of like coworkers. Like y'all are working for the same goal. Y'all are working for the same company in a sense. So y'all are just like yeah. kind of yeah. like working together. I guess it's one of those deals. Yeah, and luckily uh, through the whole system, I never really met someone that was super against uh, not being called coach. So for the most part, you know, everyone understands. Like we're all working towards the same goal. You know, so it's nice. That's pretty cool. So how? So what was your what was your first out? I know you said you weren't nervous. You were you're kind of just going with it, like kind of almost like like you're just excited to be there. Like there's just nothing holding you back. Yet. You're ready to go. So yeah. what was how was that whole like you play your short season? How did that season go for you? Uh, it actually went really well. Um, our manager at the time, his name was Ed Romero, I believe. He was a very quiet guy, but uh, the season went well. Man, I actually got pitcher of the year. He gave it to me at the end of the year. Dang. And, yeah, and we we had a team fine because we had gotten in trouble at like the apartments, and I ended up getting my <laughs> money back. He's like, "Here, here's the the your prize money for winning pitcher of the year." So <laughs> it was cool, man. That is pretty sick, man. I can't even. That's that's badass, dude. So at that yeah. point, you were so you're pitching. What was your rep? What was your repertoire? What were you throwing? You were throwing fast, I'm sure. Too was it a two seam? What, what's your what's your pitches? Yeah, uh, at the time it was four seam, uh, somewhat of a changeup, slider, and a sinker. 
Um, <laughs> Somewhat of a changeup, but you got to describe yeah. that. I got to hear this. Yeah, so a changeup, man, took me forever to learn. Uh, we, I can't tell you, I probably worked on it for like three or four years before it became a, oh, a really good pitch to use. Yeah, so that, and then I learned to cutter uh, that uh, that off season. I remember uh, I went to a thing called um, not extended, but uh, it was an extra like training session after the year, and okay. they made me throw only changeups and cutters, and <laughs> I never threw any of those pitches. So for Jeez. the next month. We're in lives as I'm facing, you know, Marlins and the Astro players. I'm getting lit just throwing, yeah, trying just, to throw changeups and cutters, man. That's so, wild. It was, so you didn't touch a fastball. You're just throwing changeups and cutters the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. Like I would throw fastballs just to get the fastball intent. But yeah, they told yeah. me like, there. Uh, I remember they told me at the end like, don't coming back to spring training not having learned a cutter or a changeup. Uh oh. I was like, well, <laughs> sense of urgency is time to go now, man. <laughs> And I'm assuming you figured it out, right? And you said you figured it out into a good pitch. You did, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, both, good, good. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then, so you finished your first year. Where did you train? Where, or do you still train? I know you said you're in San Antonio, which is kind of a shame, man. We would have brought you in here. We're right up the road. We're in by Six Flags, man. Right, yeah, that would have been Dang, cool. Dang, we should have had you in. We'll bring you up here sometime, bro. We'll bring you up in here, show you, yeah. show you around, show you some of the cool yeah. stuff we got going on. I'd love to see it, absolutely. Yeah, dude, but... We're still that same store off Nakona though, but we've got some we've got some changes up there. It's the same store that's been around since since we were in high school. I'm sure it's the same place, but our offices yeah. are pretty sick. I got to show you the offices. But anyway, yeah. so you finish. Where do you where do you train at? Do you train here in San Antonio? Uh, I train here in New Braunfels. Okay. So there's a it's just a small gym here, local. Uh, me and my buddy, uh, he's I'm trying to get him on the fitness grind too right now. <laughs> yeah. He's a little bit he's a little bit bigger guy, but he's we train here locally and then uh I'll just train at the the local high school and track and stuff right there. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, where you throw your pins and stuff like that? Yeah, like I said, there and then every now and then shirts if it's raining or if it's too cold or something. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go indoors. Yeah, yeah. That's cool though, yeah. man. So so and you've been training at that same spot since since forever, uh, I guess since the uh, big league started? Yeah. Um really every 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 uh off season since professional baseball started, I come back, like I said, my pops is here, so Every now he's getting a little bit older. He's sixty three, so mm-hmm. he's getting getting up there. So I like to stay around. He doesn't travel too much. So gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So <laughs> so you come home. You, they tell you you better learn to change up in a cutter. So you work on that all year, and then you go to your you got your invite to spring training. How how mm-hmm. I haven't that's that's funny that, that I'm going to ask this because I haven't asked and I've, we've had quite a few minor league guys. We've had some big league guys. How, what is the atmosphere of spring training? I haven't asked. This is this is interesting. I want to know. I don't know why I haven't asked at this point, but. What's yeah. the atmosphere of spring training? What is, what is that like? Because I know guys are in there. Uh, pitchers and catchers obviously report weeks before position players guys show up. What What mm-hmm. is that atmosphere like? Are you guys just there? Is it pretty much just like a practice environment or are guys coming in like hot, ready to go, like they're game ready? Oh, they're coming in hot, man. Let me tell you. Okay. Most of the guys in spring training, at least that I've seen, um, they usually hit the ground running. Uh, the guys that are, you know, trying to compete for that job or, you know, trying yeah. to get somewhere quick. Um it's they come in hit the ground running uh it's very competitive um but at the same time you're still it's still spring training so we got to be smart about things so right right yeah you don't want to overdo it (laughs) yeah there's a lot of there's definitely when you're the first days first few days of spring training when you're rolling out in the gym and stuff man you see people walking in it's definitely a good vibe but it's definitely time to get after it kind of feel (laughs) yeah so what was there any i know like you went so you went to so that was what 15 or 14 Mm -hmm. you got drafted in 14 so your first spring training was in 15 right uh, I was drafted in 15. First spring train was in 16. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So the Astros were already on the come up. They were already coming up. Right. So was there yeah. any, was there any, cause I mean, obviously before that they weren't the hottest team in, in the league and then they've been on an incredible run. I mean, ever since, you know, what, six, 15, 16, 17, they've been 
on a tear, oh. right? So what was that atmosphere? I mean, did you see anybody that like at the time, cause I mean, spring trainings with it's everyone, it's minor league guys mixed in with the big league dudes or the guys that are mm-hmm. the dudes. Right. Was there any, any like shell shock? Like, Oh my God, like these are the guys I've been watching since I've been a kid. Like, was there anything like that when you got there for the first time? Mm, for me, I would say no, only because I felt like I didn't have time to be shell shocked. True. True. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like if I'm there, it's time to go kind of thing. And, uh, not at the same time I did, like pay attention to what the older guys were doing and how they mm-hmm. went about their business. But at like, if, if we're facing lives and like, Hey, you're facing these three guys and they're big names. Like I don't have time to worry about, Oh, I'm facing them. I got to worry yeah, about you, you, you treat them like any other batter. Like they're just another dude in the box. I feel that. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. I respect that. It's not, I mean, I can't say I'd probably go up there and, and like shit my pants probably, but it's all good. Like that's why y'all are yeah. up there and, I, and I'm not, man. But, but that, yeah, that, that's crazy though, dude. So, so how did that first spring training go? Did you go out there? Did you gel well? How did how did that go? Uh, it went well. Uh, for the most part, um, I remember just trying to, you know, be observant. Don't get in the way. Don't right. make anybody mad, you know. <laughs> uh, but it, it went well. Uh, the guys were cool. They made it super comfortable. Um, luckily, at the time, it was like Presley, Davinsky, Joe Smith, a lot of good guys, man, that mm-hmm. really, you know, they weren't really trying to. Uh, make us feel like inferior or they were better. They were just trying to help us, you know, hey, come along with us, you know, get better. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. So that's good, man, because I know – I forgot how I was talking. I was talking to my buddy Riley. He played – he's a free agent right now too, but he played with the Diamondbacks for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that sometimes there are some guys that are like that, that some of the bigger guys that mm-hmm. that treat the minor league guys like that. And I know that, you know, we'll get into it, but, like, I know minor league is a grind, man. It's 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 tough. Like any major minor league dudes that are going through it, it's it's a grind. It's tough. And he was saying that there's a lot of times that it's almost like the big league guys who have made it, who have been in, in the league for a long time, are like seeing that it's like a, how do you say it? It's like a, um, like a path that you have to take to get to that point. But it's, mm-hmm. sometimes it's kind of hard, man. That's not the way I personally, and I, I'm talking to him, he said the same. It's, that's not yeah. the best way to be. It's not the best way to be, especially like when you're trying to grow and you're trying to be a better ball player. That's tough to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And that's what you're saying. Like, there's, it's, that's good that a lot of guys were able to take you up and, and kind of help you out and show you. But, like, I've heard, like I said, horror stories about guys that are just absolute assholes. Yeah, it's, man. It, it, yeah. It's, it's tough to see because every now and then, like, I've maybe heard a few guys talk like that where it's kind of yeah. like, it's got a, like, a come to man kind of thing. Like, are you going to mm-hmm. become a man or not? But it's like, man. The, the the stress and everything else that comes with the minor league grind away from actual minor league baseball, like it's it's tough. And just because I think certain guys went through it, like myself or other teammates went through it, doesn't mean that other people should have to go through those same things. Right. Because you know? it's not yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy. No, and that's and we we're talking because you know I was talking to you know from a I know you said you're you're kind of in the health and fitness area. You like to work out and stuff like that, so that's cool. And I'm sure <laughs> like and this was my question because I I graduated with an exercise and sports science. Yeah. And I do training and stuff on the side as well. And I was telling, you know, we talked to Jose Trevino, uh, the catcher for the Yankees. And, yeah. and I was talking to him like. He had a home Mike, run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a good dude, man. I love Jose. Right. He's such a cool dude. He's such I a humble dude. Great. I awesome heard nothing dude. but great guys about that thing, man. Yeah, he's, he's awesome, man. And I was talking to him more from like a recovery standpoint. I was like, bro, like as a catcher, you're catching, you know, you got 100, 100 whatever games a year. And you're mm-hmm. catching X amount. Of, like, where do you recover? Do you like every day you're down there for hours, squatting hours, hours, hours? I'm like, where's the recovery? And that's when I thought, I'm like, okay, if this guy is like saying, saying it's tough to recover and come back, and these guys are staying in some pretty nice places, they're traveling pretty nice. Mm-hmm. What does that say about the minor league guys, man? Like, they're doing the same damn thing. 
Yeah. And it's they're, they're sleeping in motels. Sometimes they're sleeping in like not so great places. It's tough to recover. It's tough to really like, how do you take yeah. care of your health and stuff like that? I know you, you seem like you're in really good shape. I've seen your Instagram. You look like you're, you're, you're in pretty damn good shape. So I'm sure that yeah. you're, you take it maybe a little bit more serious than some other guys. But what are some tips that you do? Um, not You're not going into your big league in your big league time. I'm talking back when you're in the minors and you're really grinding through before you made that debut and kind of put yourself on that stage. What yeah. were some of the things you did to stay healthy and make sure that your health was staying at, at its peak? Um, one thing I really worked on because I was really bad at it uh, in college was mobility. Okay. And that was in my hips, um, my thoracic, everything. Uh, if the more elastic, the more mobile you are, uh, from what they would tell me, the easier it is to stay healthy, uh, stay away from injuries. Also, man, just I listen to my body more than anything else because there's those eight-hour bus trips after a game at that ends at 1130. Hey, drive <laughs> seven, eight hours to Midland, Texas to play another 530 game the next day. Um, you wake, You get to Midland at 8 a.m., go to bed, and you wake up. You're like, man. So it's really, man, the two things I worried about was listening to my body, whether it's tired that day or not, and uh, flexibility and mobility. Is what nice, kept me, that's good, yeah. Because, I mean, like, it's tough, dude. Like, like what you just mm-hmm. said, you you pretty much, you, you know, people sleep in buses. Like, it's possible. Like, every everyone who's been an athlete has done it. Mm-hmm. But it's not good rest. It's not no, good No, man. No, it's <laughs> no. not. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's then, not good. Add 13 games in a row, you know, or 13 days of games in a row, man. It's it's definitely a grind, which makes it even more of a reason. Like the minors, man, it's 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 not for the faint-hearted or the. No, but it, it definitely needs to improve, and they've slowly been doing it though. So that's yeah, they have, they have, they have been making a couple improvements here and there. We've seen some some better things happening because it was pretty bad for a while, and yeah. especially before, like before, obviously before you got there, it was way worse. I'm sure, mm-hmm, but you know. Mm-hmm. So so let's fast forward. I know you you made did you make your debut with the Astros? I know you made it yeah. in 21. Mm-hmm. You made it with the Astros? Yeah, yeah. So how did yeah. Okay, so explain that well before we get there, how was COVID for you? Let, let's hear this cuz I always ask guys how COVID really played out and yeah. like what in that situation cuz it's always interesting to hear what they did, how they handled it, what they did in that time that they were off. So mm-hmm. so explain so were you at spring training that year when COVID hit? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And how did we that were, go? So that happened that that went so fast, man, because one day we had a meeting about uh, with some team doctors about COVID. And then mm-hmm. two days later, like, hey, everybody go home kind of thing. <laughs> and it was all kind of just shell shocked, like what's going on or what what will happen. Um, but yeah, COVID was a wild time in spring training, man, for that. those. Yeah, that man, because the other thing was like a lot of my buddies, like a lot of them got let go because they, they cut a lot of minor league rosters in half. So that was like really like devastating for a lot of guys. So I know that was a bad part. Obviously aside from yeah. baseball, a lot of people lost a lot more than that. I'm, I'm not going to take away from that, you know? Right. But so, so what did you do? Obviously you got to stay, you were part of the team. You were part, were you like doing that alt site thing? Was that something that people were doing at that time for you guys? Yeah. Um, so the alt site was in Corpus. Um, but at the time when they told us to go home, we kind of like, Hey, what do we do? A lot of us were, Hey, let's go to round rock. Let's work out there together. Uh, there's a guy that, uh, he would let us use his uh, facility, which is super fortunate. Cool. So a lot of us did that. Um, but the alt site and like spring training 2.0, <laughs> I got invited to, but when I got there, I actually tested positive for COVID. Dang. Unfortunately. So yeah. So, and then I couldn't test negative for like the whole month. So Jeez. while the whole spring training 2.0 is going on, man, I'm in a room just losing my mind, like just trying to Dude. get out. I want to play, you know. <laughs> Dude, it's but, funny that you say that because my buddy John King, the same thing happened to him when the whole thing had they they sent him to the extent if they call it. I've heard it called different things, whatever, because every club is doing something different. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he was with the Rangers and he said the same thing that they just lock you in your room pretty, pretty much. And you have to, that's insane, dude. It's like isolation. That's, that would drive yeah. me nuts. Yeah, man. And I remember, uh, after the first two weeks, they called like, Hey, you're going to take another test and then we'll call you next day. And the, the team, uh, doctor, uh, Baca called me. He's like, Gars. And the way he sounded, I was like, Oh, don't tell me I failed again, man. He's like, you got to wait another two weeks. And I was like, Oh mm. my goodness. Just he was saying, yeah, he was telling me that he was just throwing his balls against the wall, just doing anything to stay like some sort yeah. of active because he's just sitting there watching TV with nothing else to do. Yeah, man. And it was so uh, luckily Uber Eats and DoorDash was a thing. I actually yeah. ordered like uh, two cases of waters and morning or breakfast, lunch and dinner. I would do three sets of 10 of split squats. So with waters, uh, sit ups and push ups, just you go, like dude. You said, stay active, man. You had to do what you had to do. So you were so you were sick, but you were like one of those ones that like got it, but like didn't feel like that sick. Yeah. Then, I'm assuming, yeah, that yeah. Sucks, I was in dude. the room, just like, oh man, it was yeah, it was tough. But that luckily, sucks. I came out once I got out of the room. We went to Corpus, and that was kind of the realization, like, hey, this may be my last year because if I don't make it this year, or like you know, it's gonna this get- is the year to make it. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so that's the year to make it. In twenty one, you did make it. So, how was how was that process? Because I know, obviously, after the twenty twenty season, that all thing happened, and everyone played with no fans. And then twenty one came back, and things were like returning a little bit to normalcy. Was there a spring mm-hmm. training in twenty one? I can't remember. Um. Yeah, there was actually. I remember. It. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and that was the year. So, take us through that year, man. How'd that process go? And then I know you made it kind of in August. You made it in August, right? Of of twenty one. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so give us kind of like a rundown of that season to that moment and how that all happened. Okay. Um, so I remember the spring training of 21, I came in, I was like, I'm in my head, I'm trying to make the team out of the gate, you know? And there was a couple of guys yeah. that told me some stories where they did. So that's my head. That's a, that's what I'm trying to do. Probably not going to happen, but here we go. And then as the season went on, it was really up to me if I wanted to keep doing it or not. If I wanted to keep playing, Hey, my, talent level and my capability was there it's up to just i wanted to do it and then after i think in june or july i was like i don't know if this is gonna happen man they got you know a couple kids coming up hunter brown just got there i was like Mm -hmm. he's about to be a guy so he's probably gonna get a step too so and then i remember being on whataburger drive-thru with my uh my roommate at the time and then our manager calls and i was like he's only calling for one thing and hopefully it's the good thing you know yeah and uh once that happened man that was that was crazy because they were playing the dodgers and the padres uh when oh, i wow. was there and that was yeah. man that was a game to get thrown into right there <laughs> so so you had so i'm assuming you had a pretty solid year going into that moment right i mean that because everything yeah. kind of had to lead up to that point right so did were mm-hmm. you were you on the road and they flew you out to where they were at or how, how did they give you just they just call you and say hey we're, we're pulling you up we need you to hop on a plane whatever to get to where we're at yeah, luckily they were in uh, Houston at the time. I th- I'm pretty sure, and um, and we were in Sugarland, so right down the road. So oh, okay, all they okay. told me they're like, "Hey, just grab your stuff at the field. We'll have a we'll have a, a driver come and get you." So that was kind of cool. That's pretty and sick. Then, uh, yeah, they just drew me to the stadium. But when I got there, they're like, "Who are you?" And I was like, "It's my first <laughs> day, man. It's my first day." Who are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, it's just my first day. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's all good, bro. <laughs> so. And I know you said you don't really get nervous because you really you live in the moment, and I respect that entirely because there's not a lot of people that can really kind of compartmentalize or differentiate the two. They can be like, okay, like I feel this, but there's a job that needs to get done. Sometimes the feelings kind of mesh, and it's really hard to differentiate the two pieces. Very. Were you nervous at Were you nervous at that point? Because now it's like, okay, yeah. this is what you've been dreaming of. This is every kid's dream, really, that plays baseball. This is it. 
mm-hmm. how are you feeling at that moment when you got you finally got to the clubhouse dude interrogates you doesn't know who you are before they let you in <laughs> how, how are you feeling um as i'm in the clubhouse uh when i got there i really wasn't nervous but as the we threw and then i showered and just waited for the game and i want to say that's when the nervousness started to build up but then once you're out in the field and you're back with you know your teammates and like hey you're talking about scouting reports and how to attack hitters and stuff it kind of goes away because you're just getting lost in the moment but uh i remember when i was on the mound in my debut i wouldn't say nervous but that was I remember telling uh, my buddies that was the most free baseball I've ever felt because I felt like there was as much as there was so much on the line and it was extra innings against the Padres. I felt like nothing could go wrong because everything that I've worked towards in the past 28 years has come to like fruition kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're there. Like this is happening. Right. So yeah, the nervousness wasn't there really, but I mean, that's, that's even better. So, I mean, that's kind of cool though. Like it's like almost like the relief of like, this is what I've worked for. Like we're here, like it's here. Like now we, now we just play basically. Yeah, and now it's time to go, kind of thing. So, yeah. and who was who was the first batter you faced? Um, first batter I faced, but didn't face was Tatis. They intentionally walked him. Oh, wow! Man, let me tell you too. So I'm on the mound and I get the ball from uh, uh, Breggy and I catch it. And I look to home plate and he's walking to first. And I was like, "What happened?" And I'm like, yeah. we, we walked him. I was like, "No, I was going to get him out," but <laughs> but he hey, ended Tatis, up walking. Tatis is cool though. At least you, you were there. You almost did. You almost got him. You almost that close. So, uh, that close. So who was the uh, so who was the official first batter that you faced? Uh, I want to say Hosmer, Eric Ooh, Hosmer. Damn. Okay. Yeah. 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 And he he had a ball that I thought was going to go out of Minute Maid through the roof, but it ended up staying. It was a fly out to left. I forget who was oh, left, okay. But. Okay. Yeah, so, but he. When, so when you when you got him out, was it even more of like a, okay? Now we're now we're like now we're we're cooking type type deal. Yeah, yeah, very very. And he swung at the like one of the first fastballs that I threw, and that was one like, hey, people get out here too, and you know. Yeah, kind of, I mean, it's part of the game, right? Yeah. How exactly. many how many innings did you throw in that in that debut? Uh, just one, just, just one. Just one. Yeah. Um, I think after him it was uh Will Myers. He hit he hit a home run, which I don't know how he hit. A down and in sinker the other way, but he did. And then um, I think there was a double, a ground out, and a strikeout to end it. Gotcha. So, yeah. so you made your debut. You're mm-hmm. you're now a big league pitcher, right? So you finished the year with the Astros, right? I mean that year, y'all had a run that year too, right? I mean, 21, y'all went pretty far. I'd yeah. Say. So, so they, I think it was around the trade deadline and everything is when they needed to make room uh, a guy named Josh James came off and then I got DFA'd and the twins picked me up maybe three days later okay and, but that was the day man they're they've been making runs every year though the Astros man they're yeah crazy. yeah so they move you when they moved you to, to Minnesota did they put <laughs> you on a were you in the minors or did you go to that to that 40 man uh yeah I was on the 40 man but I was uh, I went to the AAA for like I think a week Oh, and okay. Then they, then they kicked. And then they me pulled up. you back up. So yeah, did you pitch up there as well? Did you that same year in twenty one? Did you pitch up there? Yeah, yeah. I pitched. I pitched, man, a lot uh, for Minnesota, from what I remember. But those guys, man, they were a one guys. The staff and the the players, yeah. they they helped a lot for for how it was. And what was what was it like playing in Minnesota versus playing in Houston? Was there a big culture difference? Because Houston fans are cultish. Yeah. They're very like right. They're very <laughs> in it, right? How are how are the Minnesota fans versus how was it playing in Minnesota versus playing in Houston? Was it a big culture difference? Uh, a little, yeah. Um, the twins, the twin fans were great. They were, I mean, they were very passionate about their baseball. Um, but it was more there. It felt like they were there to enjoy the game, 
Mm-hmm. And Houston fans feels like they're there to like just beat the team. That's all they want. <laughs> it's a different. It's yeah. a different feeling. I feel you. Yeah. But Houston's yeah. kind of been like bred into this. They, you know, they, we sucked for yeah. a long time before you even were close to getting there. Like they were terrible for a long time. But yeah. those those fans are like the same fans that were there for the whole thing. So like they finally get this moment where they've got this run. So they yeah. feel like they're like right in it with the same player. It's weird. It's a weird vibe. I gotta say, hey, it's man. a weird vibe. Hey, don't stop the wave. Just ride it, man. Just ride it as long as they can. I know they will. Yeah. So I got to ask, so growing up, were you an Astros fan? So did playing for Houston have a different feel than than really playing for the Rays or for Minnesota? It did, um, only because the team was so close. Um, yeah. Growing up, we would take trips to Houston all the time. I remember going to a couple games. But playing there definitely felt, you know, it felt more at home than just because we're right down the road from it. Right, you're like three teams. hours away from home. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Like that's, you know, I yeah. talked to um, – I was talking to a buddy of mine, um, or we're going to talk to a buddy of mine who plays now. He played at UTSA, and now he's going to go. He He's in the Astros organization. I think he's in AA. His name's Brian Arias. And, okay, you know, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to yeah. him, and, and he was like, dude, it's just like to get to play. Like, like you're you're not at home, but you're basically at home. Like, it's a different feel. Like, it's it just – your family can come to games. It just feels like a different atmosphere. Like, yeah, and then, man. Like, yeah, my buddy playing for the Rangers, he said it was awesome because, like, you get to share, like, those debut moments with, like, your family. They get to go to those games because you're only, like, mm-hmm. a couple hours up the road. Like, that's insane rather than, like, getting shipped off to, like, New York or, like, Cali right. or something. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, and I've heard – I've had teammates. They've had to, like – they've had to go across country, and then immediately they call their family, and now the family's got to figure out how to get over how there. How to get there, yeah, to watch that so, moment happen, yeah. Yeah, so we were luckily – it was right down the road. My dad had a short drive, so very Yeah, fortunate. there you go, man. So he was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, so you finished the year with Minnesota. Yeah. How did, how did the Rays come into play? Um, the Rays came into play. So I finished the year with Minnesota, went to spring training, uh, had my first outing. And then I think they signed Correa the next day. And then I was oh. the guy to get off 40. And, uh, when I think it was maybe two or three days again, I was in the hotel room and they called, they said, Hey, the Red Sox picked you up, went, uh, down the road. Then they called. Or I went to throw a couple bullpens, went to AAA, and then two days after the season started, like, hey, we DFA'd you. Then the Rays called. Like, <laughs> that's that was insane. Probably, like, man, within an hour they called, and like, because it was supposed to happen quick. And they're like, hey, you're going to uh, Nashville. And I was like, all right, who's in Nashville? Like the Rays. I was like, okay, great. So, well, let's see how it goes. But yeah, that's... man, the Rays. Yeah, it happened fast. So they're just sending you like all over the place like that. How, okay, how what was going through your head at this point? Because like I, I feel like if you went to Boston, did mm-hmm. you, was there a feeling that I'm not going to be here very long? Was that something that you knew, or was it like okay, I'm here, and then all of a sudden it was like a, like a shock, like okay, I got to leave again? Uh, when I got there, because I like reading the room most of the time, mm-hmm. I could tell I was like, this probably ain't going to last very long. Just being yeah. around and seeing like guys who's up next and stuff. Um, so in my head, I wasn't going to be there very long, but when the Rays, uh, had called, man, it was kind of a, it was better feeling, you know, it felt like, like yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so you go to play in Tampa. So you're Mm -hmm. playing, did you play in the bigs with Tampa too? There's pictures with, I saw your picture with Brett Phillips. So I feel like you did. Yeah. So what was that squad like? Cause they're a special squad too, man. They got glass. Now they got Phillips. They had, um, they have some really, they have some dudes out there. So what was it like playing in Tampa? Tampa was a, it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, playing on that team, those guys, uh, they're a lot of fun. Those guys are a very, very close knit group right there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some young guys and there's some older guys that, you know, the younger guys are following, but I know that teams, they're very raw and very hungry. That's yeah. what I know. 
you know? Yeah, they and then are. you have you have guys like Glass now, Rass, uh Springs, and you got the bullpen that they have, man. It's oh just yeah, like, dude. They're well, they're dirty. Yeah, they're it's gonna like, be man, they're gonna be guys. And Shane. Yeah. Shane. Oh dude, what, yeah, that's right. What what he did last year, man, seeing that when I was there for the for the, the short time I was there, man, watching what he did just every outing was like, man, it's it's not the game's not this easy, you know? And he made it look <laughs> like so Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love, dude, I love watching like last now is like one of my favorite to watch because he's really a two pitch guy, but he is so like, oh, he's almost like an enigma. Like you don't really know why he's like, and I'm not taking anything away from him at all. Like I just, I'll never yeah. do that because he's that good. But you're just like, dude, he's only throwing two pitches, but he's so long. Oh, that his man. stuff is filthy. You're just like, what yeah. the hell is going on? And I remember watching him. He warmed up a. He had a couple bullpens in Tampa, and then he had a couple in Durham when I was there, man. Mm-hmm. And just watching him, and I'm like. Man, that's a guy with just the frame that uses everything he has the right way, man. It's yeah, watching it, him go live is incredible. He's one of the few guys that that is so in tune with his body and he just works out like a monster and he does all that mobility. Like he's insane. So yeah. to watch him pitch is like you can see every ounce of training that he does goes right into his into his routine and what he does on the mound. It's he's one mm-hmm. of the few that do that because there's some guys that I, and I'm not taking anything away because there's some guys that you watch in the big leagues that you're just like, what the heck is this guy doing? Right, but it yeah. works. But it works. You're just like, what? You're not going to say anything, but you're just like, if this guy did X, Y, Z, and it's just looking from like a fitness or a, a sports phys- physiologist standpoint, you're just like, there's so much more this guy could do to move more efficiently and be better. But you're just like, it's one of those things. Like, you're as a baseball player, you're like, just don't touch him. Just let him yeah. do what he does. It's baseball, man. You know, it's kind of a yeah. It's weird. It's very, very. But yeah, glass is this peak thing, man. He's crazy. So, so I have to ask, and I know you probably don't want to say, but I'm going to ask anyway, what so far, you know, you've got, you've had the opportunity to bounce around. What's mm-hmm. been your favorite place to play that just like the atmosphere of playing in that, in that, in that park? It doesn't have to be necessarily with a with a team that you were with, like playing at yeah. what park had the best feel like you just had either the best day, like everything combined was just a perfect mix. It was a perfect mix. Um, I would have to narrow it down to either, uh, I'd say Boston or Toronto. It was a Fenway. Yeah. Um, only because that was probably, I would say Houston. Houston is very much so like Boston because they love the team. But Boston yeah. fans, man, just they're so invested in that team. Like oh, yeah. it's like I was, I was trying to explain it to a buddy of mine. Like if you go to other uh, stadiums, they want you to lose. But Boston, you go to Boston, the fans don't want you to lose. They just want their team to win. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just kind a of different, a it's a different vibe. Cause I mean, like, very. You know, like like talking to Jose, there's some places that are really like cutthroat, like New York. Like yeah. He said that if you're if you're coming into New York, like if you're for New York, even if you don't perform and you play for the Yankees, it's like mm-hmm. it can go south if you're not doing solid. Oh, but my like, gosh. If you're a visiting team coming into New York, like it's like going into like he said, like a buzzsaw like it is like, yeah, it's it's tough to play there. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun because if you hold down what you got to hold down and you know hold your own, it's like mm-hmm. all right, y'all ain't saying anything worth anything. anything so <laughs> yeah, that's wild. That way. Yeah. So but you yeah, play you you played at Yankee Stadium then? Yeah, uh, I think in Minnesota I pitched there once. Uh, I didn't get there pitch there last year, but yeah, mm. I pitched there once. Uh, okay. That was that outing was uh, actually pretty pretty funny. I'll never forget that one because that was the first time I remember facing Rizzo. I threw him four pitches, four balls, and only because I couldn't stop staring at his cleats. His cleats. Yeah. So he came up, man. I don't know why. Like his, it was some pinstripe cleats. And I was like, those are cool. And then I went ball one. I was like, all right, lock it in two, three, four. I was like, well, there that goes. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. Something happened. <laughs> Has yeah, there, and I know you said like 
What's been like, what was the, your hardest? And like, I always ask this because obviously kids and everyone love to hear like inside of what's going on in big leaguers mind when they're playing against some of these like crazy stars like Rizzo Mm -hmm. and all these guys. So what's been like, what was like, okay. So what was your hardest at bat you've had to throw to somebody where you're like, this dude just like, won't either get out or you just make some incredible pitches and they just either spit on them or you just can't get them out. What's been the hardest at bat so far? Um, the hardest at bat would be Michael Brantley at bat. Brantley. Okay. Yeah, man. And I'm going to be honest. Uh, there's guys that I would face like on that Astros lineup where I'm like, okay, I'm not really too concerned. I just handle what I got to handle, but there's stuff yeah. like Brantley, you can make a good pitch or like, I don't know how he even fouled that off or even like <laughs> put that in play, but he'll line it down the line somewhere. And it's like, well, he's just a professional hitter, man. Yeah. That's, all you can that's do. crazy. That's, and that's, yeah. so I've heard, I've heard bets is a hard out. I've heard Mookie bets is tough. Yeah. I've heard trout is incredibly hard, mm-hmm. and now now we them. have now we have Brantley. So Brantley's made the list now of guys that are just incredibly yeah. hard to get out. Yeah, but Brantley, I feel like oh I feel like if you're in a big league lineup, you're hard to get out. Like you have to be hard to get out. I mean, That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. man. Those guys they they see dots on balls that are tiny, or they they <laughs> they time up bullets at this point. You know. Yeah. So so yeah. So. What was the difference? And, and this is something I ask all the time because I like to know because everyone's got a different answer to it. Is there a big difference from playing like, let's say, minors all and it will encompass all minors because I know there's a big jump. I've heard there's big jumps from A to double, but mm-hmm. then from the bigs to triple is not a huge jump because those guys are the guys that are going, you know, like pretty much like this all year. So it's yeah. pretty much like an elevate, like a like a lowered big leagues. But mm-hmm. the big so there's a big jump, I'm assuming, from A to double A, right? Is that is that about accurate? Yeah, you could say that very much so. I thought so. Um, just with hitters and their really raw potential there. Yeah. Um, those guys would there's those guys would make you pay opposed to guys in the single lane stuff. Yeah, yeah. So is there a big difference from playing at like Oklahoma to playing in the big leagues? Is there because those are the guys that normally you see that eventually make it up to the big leagues when you're playing in like the Big Ten, the SEC, the Big Twelve. Yeah. All those guys, those are those are dudes, right? So it's like, is there a big difference playing those guys? Obviously, guys come in and they polish tools or they come out who they were maybe at that college level or not who the same player they were when they make it up to the league. But is exactly. there a huge difference or what's the biggest takeaway you can get? Like, is it these guys have better pitch selection? They're just better hitters overall. What's what's the difference from a pitching standpoint? Uh, from a pitching standpoint, the difference between, like, I would say college and yeah, big leagues is just the approaches, man. Mm-hmm. Um you'll see guys go up there and you're it's more of a chess match at that point in the big leagues. You're not really worried about, all right, are my hands, get my hands here or that. You're like, all right, what's he working? What's he working towards? What's he trying to get me to do? And then you try to work against that. But watching the hitters, man, they, their approach has really never changed. And that's really the biggest thing that I've noticed. They're looking for, they have one thing in their mind. And if that isn't it, all right, then it's this other thing. That's it. Um, Opposed to just like college or high school, all they're working at, all they're thinking about is my hands here to here or my hips here or, you know, my arm here. It's more of a, a chess match at that gotcha. point in the big leagues than it is in college. Gotcha. That makes yeah. sense because, like, the game, it, it just gets more advanced, right? It's no longer there. a point A to B. There's there's so many different aspects going. And these are the best of the mm-hmm. best. Like, these, like <clears> you guys are the best of the best there is the game has to offer. So, like, you would assume that there's so much more happening rather than just, like, I just need to hit the ball. It's no longer just, like, I yeah. just need to get a hit. It's now, like, okay, this guy's going to – it's a chess match. That's the best way you could probably put it from what I've heard. And yeah. that sums it up. I've never heard chess match, but that's essentially when I'm thinking about it now, it, it fits a lot better. 
Yeah, only only because, man, with the the capabilities of people throwing, you know, ninety three mile an hour sliders that move like this, or guys hitting five hundred foot home runs, man, it's 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 a it's a lot to deal with. But that's how they simplify it, you know. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of thing. So, so, so the the hardest your hardest out has been Brantley, which is surprising, but he's a good hitter. He's a good hitter, man. Very good, he's hitter. A good dude. Very so, good hitter. So what is what is your so right now what's your go to? I know you you just threw some bullpen. So what's your go to pitch? Like what's what's working for you right now? What are you writing? What are you putting your hat on right now? What's what's working um, for you? I'd say that the so I do the the drop down thing a little bit, oh, okay. and I'll say that's really going right now. Um, I'm at a point right now where these bullpens, uh, the past two or three years, uh, I feel way better now with these bullpens than I have in the past two or three years. So that's good, and I'm riding that wave. So as long as it's you know progressing in the right direction, you know we're trending the right way. But the sliders and the sinkers are really taking off right now. So you have you you've always been from the slider. You used to throw up here, right? Yeah. So up here is the lefties, and down here are the righties. Really. Oh, so and you switch it up mid. So you're not just in one arm slot anymore. Yeah, and it's not too crazy of a variation. It's just like a bend at the waist. But uh, yeah, it's definitely different attack plans to different hitters. Okay. Now, so for the people who aren't who aren't I guess seasoned enough to know the difference. And when we say like mm-hmm. this from top to the side, yeah. what's the reasoning for that? You getting more, more break on certain pitches from over here rather than getting more run on top. What's the, what's the reasoning for the, for the drop down? Yeah. So uh, the reasoning started in college. They just wanted me to have another pitch uh, to the lefties funny enough. And uh, once I got to pro ball, they're like, Hey, the movement you're getting horizontally is, is what we're looking for now at the, where the game's changing to. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just try to improve that. And then from here, they're like, well, the sinkers, sliders from there don't really play to lefties. So let's just stick to here with cutters and change-ups and yeah. uh, like a fastball from here. So it's really like how the pitches play to each hitter. Like the sinkers only play to the righties and the four seams don't really only play to the lefties. So that's kind of what the attack plan is. That's cool, man. That's cool. Like yeah. I used to – and that's funny. Like we've got a buddy of mine here, and it's funny because we always give him – we give him a lot of shit because his name's Tom. Mm-hmm. Cause he used to throw, he's a lefty he played at Baylor, yeah. but he used to throw right here. And then he used to, cause he had a lot of issues with his arm and then he started throwing underhand and we we're just like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, that's just right. like, he tried, he tried the submarine route and we're always just like, what the, what you, why would you do that, dude? Like, let me tell you, man. And, and there's times I'll go play cash and there's high school kids or parents watching and, uh, I'll, all right, sinker. And I'll drop down. I'm like, man, there's, this is what they don't want their kids to watch. Cause they tell their kids all the time. Stop throwing sidearm. Stop you know? throwing sidearm. Yeah. And I'm over here doing it. So, <laughs> but Hey dude, whatever works with you for you, man. Like I tried, I tried the whole thing, the side thing. It didn't work for me. I was, I was worse off that way. Yeah. But, like man, do you get, so when you do the drop off from the side, do you throw a two seam from like that and you get that run towards the outer half. So you get away from the yeah. lefty. Is that, is that what you're aiming for there? Yeah. So it, think of it like, um, if so, if it sinks, it's going away from the lefty. Uh, it was a lot of trial and error early and on. They would just mm-hmm. slap it through the six hole, so it's just Ooh, running yeah. to the barrel. So that's when I was like, all right, I gotta stop throwing the sinkers to the lefties. And then, but then you see the righties just get buried in, or they just roll over the top of it. I was like, well, right. that's what we're gonna do all the time. And then you figure out the locations to it. But that thing runs, like I said, even with the slider, it's a perfect combination kind of thing. So, awesome, man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where it's at, bro. Like that's, I guess, like I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess in the big leagues is different because you would just want it to like tip the end of the plate, right? You don't want them to, you don't want the ball to catch too much of the plate, but I guess if it does, that's easy for them to just slap to the other way, I guess. Is that yeah. pretty much what the issues with throwing that pitch, right? Yeah. And it was really bad. It was really one organization. I remember the Tigers team uh, just doing it. They had a bunch of lefties and they would just, call sinker and I'm like, here comes a six hole and they would 
boom, six hole. And I'm like, yep, Damn. I'm over it. Yeah, I'm over <laughs> it. But luckily the Astros were just trial and error and they didn't take too much heart into it. There you go. Yeah. So, so stepping away from baseball for a second, what, what does Ralph do in his spare time? Ralph, the person Ralph away from baseball. I know you got all this studio stuff. Is that your house? Is that where you got that set up? Yeah, uh, this is uh, this is uh, our extra room over here. It's just a little stuff. We have some jerseys in the back, some uh, some vinyls and stuff. But uh, cool, cool. Yeah, it's really uh, golf. Um, golf, there we go. Kind of outside. I just picked up uh, photography with all the bouncing around cities I go to from high okay. to play to the big league. So I recently got into that and uh, kind of just toying around with that right now. With the camera. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I think like yeah. it's good. Like that's what I tell. Like you know, it's funny, man. Like my dad and my parents at the time, like. People don't take into account, like obviously you've, you've ran with this and I'm sure your baseball career is far from over. I'm sure you have a lot going, but it's important to develop yourself. And I tell this to a lot of people, it's like to develop yourself and develop hobbies because the game does end at some point and it's like mm-hmm. you want to be well-rounded and well-versed in other aspects of your life. So that's awesome you're doing photography, bro. That, that's, you know, like it, you know what's funny though is like in me going to Juco, like all the dudes I met playing ball that are like big leaguers are playing now. Mm-hmm. all east texas dudes so you know that all they ever do is they're just hunting dude all off season they're just always hunting always hunting yeah like, yeah it's insane but like do you that's, go hunting that's, often or no? no i don't do hunting man i've been uh, like a couple times in my life but it's not really my deal like i'm from like they, in the funny you know what's funny dude is like half these dudes when i went to go over there because i went to lufkin i went to angelina college in like lufkin okay. texas yeah i had so, a friend that went there yeah yeah so i went over there Mm-hmm. And I was like the city kid because I'm from San Antonio and all these dudes are from like these little rural <laughs> cities. Right. Around here, dude. It yeah. was nuts. I was, it was so weird. And I'm like, no, I don't hunt. They're like, you're just like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, you know, I play video games. I do other shit, but they're just like, well, like we're going to go hunting either. You want to come hunting with us? I'm like, no, or, that's not my, that's not my thing, bro. They couldn't fathom staying in or like doing stuff. No, like they, that. they don't understand that thing. So like now, like, like I've had like three interviews with guys that are, cause they do a lot of guides or they do hunting. So I've been having like all kinds of phone interviews. with dudes. Cause oh, the off yeah. season is just, it's hunting season for him, man. That's what they're doing right now. Very true. I mean, yeah, I actually have uh, my roommate. He a uh, big, big hunter, like gun guy. Cause he works at a pawn shop and, I can't mm-hmm. tell you one thing we will do now that you tell me uh, my buddy has some space. We'll go out and pop some rounds off, but never really hunt, you know? Yeah, that's still fun, though. Like, I can't say I haven't. Like, I've, I've got my fair share of guns and, like, I'll go to the range and stuff. But other than that, it's, like, yeah, not really my thing. Yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. But, yeah, man, that's super tight. Like, I saw your Instagram. You got some stuff. You got some photography pictures on there. It's pretty cool. Yeah, starting sick. man. Starting out slow, but we'll see where it goes. So, so what's so what's next this year, man? So you're looking for a place to play this year? Or is there is are you are there kind of? And I don't know if you can talk about. This, so for, feel free to shut me down. I don't know what you've got moving on. Are there any teams that like are in mind where you're looking to move to or anything like that? Um, look where I'm looking to move to. Not really in general. Uh, any team that looks that needs a guy that'll you know eat up some innings and put up some zeros yeah. for you. I'm I'm the guy, but. There's there's a few teams. Uh, hopefully today uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with some with that bullpen and everything. There's like I think there's maybe two or three teams that are going to be there. Okay. Uh, I'm not really how sure all that stuff works or if I should be saying anything. So I'm just going to hold it tight. Hold, hold it. Okay. It, cool. Yeah. Hold it tight for now. But because <laughs> uh, I got a couple, I got a couple buddies of mine that are doing it, and they were like, and I they're like, well, I can tell you like who's going to be there. Yeah. Like who's going to be it? Because they're all like at this point, I guess like the two buddies of mine that I know that are free agents at the moment, they're like doing mm-hmm. the same thing. They're like, I'm going to travel here. I got to mm-hmm. throw here. I got to go throw over here. And I'm like, well, who's going to be there? And like, well, I'll tell you who. And I'm like, but who? Like, like we're homies. Yeah. He's like, oh, we'll talk. We'll talk later. Like, I can't tell you right 
<laughs> oh, so I'm like, all right, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. But like, yeah. So I didn't know, like some people are real eager to tell you like, Oh, well, these guys are going to be here and this is where I'm leaning. But some guys are like, yeah, I'm just going to hold off. I can't, can't really get yeah. too much information, but so does your, so you have an agent, right? I'm sure your agent handles all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but agent Jordan, he's a really good guy. He's actually, uh, an agent for a couple of the teammates that I was playing with recently. And, uh, he's a really good guy, but yeah, he, he'll handle most of that stuff right there. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. so for the most point, you're, you're pretty much just training most days. Is that what, so what's an off season? I know we're, we're approaching the hour, so we won't keep you too long. I know you got some stuff you got to take care of, but yeah. what, so what's an off season look like? Are you lifting X amount of days a week? How many days are you throwing a week? What, what's your off season look like? Uh, off season early on, it's, uh, I'll be lifting probably four to five, five days a week and then cardio the other two days or a rest day in between. Um, but right now it's four times a week and then I'll be throwing probably four or five times uh, a week as well, just depending on catch partners and stuff. Sometimes I have to throw into a net, but really, um, Hey dude, I catch dude. Let me know. I'll come catch your pins, dude. Yeah. Hey, well we got a contact information now, man. We dude, there you go, man. I'll come catch your pins. I got, I got gear. I got it all. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be up for it. We got to get, I got to get down the uh, baseball expressing and take my pops. Yeah, dude, we got some good stuff. So, so do you, yeah. so, and this is one of the things I asked, like, is there, so do you kind of put yourself on a pitch count or like, so like, especially after a season, like, and everyone's got a different, like my buddy King is on a, he does a, he does a small, like six week throwing program at the end of the year. Do you mm-hmm. do something like that to kind of just like kind of ease the, ease your arm off from the, from like the stresses of the season and then kind of get back into bullpens or how, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, uh, it's more of a range of motion thing. I like to call it. Uh, I kind of picked it up in college with our pitching coach, uh, Geesey. And it's just really make sure your arms move in, but nothing too strenuous. Gotcha. And then that's probably for like maybe a week, week and a half. And then once my arm feels like, all right, it's kind of cooled down enough, take a break and then we will ramp it up. And then, um, but that's obviously it's, you got to take it. You got to be careful with that stuff. Yeah. That's one of those things. Cause dude, believe me, my arm, like when I throw, like, cause I, I coach in the spring. So I'll throw BP to guys and our head coach is like, dude, <laughs> like he'll have me throw BP every day. And I'm like, you do know, like, my arm is like, it looks like, and just, I tell people this all the time. Like when I went to get my MRI for the first time, uh-huh. the doctor was like, Hey dude, it looks like a grenade literally blew up in your elbow. Like it's that bad. And you're the and one I was BP like, BP? it feels like it. It definitely feels like it. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine what that feels like. You're crazy, man. Dude. But I'll go out, like, I'll go play men's league and shit sometimes. Like just to like screw around and just see how hard I can throw. And like the other day I was like so heartbroken. Cause I thought like I'd been training, like I'm in like the best shape I've been in like forever. So mm-hmm. I go out there and I'm throwing. I'm like, I got to be throwing like back to where I was. Like the scar tissue's healed, right? And my buddy's like, dude, you're only throwing like 84, 85. <laughs> and you're like, dude, <laughs> and don't like, say that, man. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you just broke my heart. I thought I was back in the 90s again. So, right? Like you feel good, right? But your elbow's I like. I felt good. Nope. And then tomorrow, the next day I wake up and my girlfriend's like, yeah, all right. And I'm like, dude, I can't move. Like my whole arm is like broken. <laughs> dude, but it, it's all good, man. Wild, it's a man. blast. It's a blast, man. But like yeah, man. So if there's anything you want to say, we're, we'll head out here. You don't have to hang up right away. I'll, I'll kind of give you the, the post process after we after we end the call. Um, yeah. But yeah. So if there's anything you want to say to anybody, you've got the floor, man. Anything you got coming up aside from from the stuff you don't want to talk about, because that stuff's coming up. That's good stuff. But we'll, we'll let you keep that one to yourself. If there's yeah. any final thoughts you want to give to the kids or anybody listening right now, the floor is yours, brother. Um. Don't stop working, fellas. Uh, you may hear some things that you don't like from people that are watching you or, you know, saying that you can't do it or anything, but just keep your head down and work. And then when you're done and everything's said and done, see where you're at. All right. That's all you got to do day by day. There it is. There it is from the man himself. All right, man. Well, thank you, Ralph. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, especially having another homegrown kid here from that knows about us and who we are. Yeah, um, this episode that. will be available 
on all streaming services and on YouTube, on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, this one should be airing. I want to say the first week of February, we'll have this one up and running. Um, and it should be on YouTube sub subsequently afterwards. But yeah, thanks, Ralph, for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch everyone in the next one. Thanks, guys. Cool. Appreciate it.